You are now entering the Why Horror Podcast. Warning. Spoilers ahead. Hello and welcome to the Why Horror Podcast. I'm one half of your hosting team. I'm Orianda Rutter. Justin Mayfield will be here in a minute to join us. But before we get started, I wanted to tell you a little bit about what we're doing on this podcast. So, Justin and I are going to go through our favorite horror movies for better or for worse, and nothing is off limits. But we also wanted to invite you on to be a guest. Are you an industry professional who works in the horror genre? Have you been an extra in a horror movie? Are you a super fan? Or, oh my god, are you a starlet of the screen? Are you one of our horror ingenues? DM us at the Why Horror Podcast on TikTok or on Instagram to hit us up and let us know if you want to come on the show. All right, let's get down to it. I'm going to bring Justin on here and we're going to get started. Welcome to Why Horror. Welcome to the Why Horror Podcast, an irreverent romp through the horror genre. I'm Justin Mayfield. Hey, I'm Orianne Rutter. Today, we are going to talk about the movie Ready or Not. Uh, it was made in 2019, so very recently, and is directed by Matt Bettinelli-Olpin and Tyler Gillett, and it stars Samara Weaving, who is really the whole reason that we watched the movie, and basically the person we're <laughs> going to be talking about on the rest of this episode. Are you sure that's what it's called? Uh, ready or not, yes. I also, <laughs> I get it confused with many other movies because it has the exact same plot, uh, what is the one with the Australian girl? Uh, here I that come. That called You're Next. <laughs> you're Next. Right. Ready or not, here I come. You're here Next. Here I come. Booga booga. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, crisscross applesauce. Whatever. Um, yeah. I did like You're Next, but we're not talking about You're Next today. I mistakenly right. told everybody on Instagram that that's the movie we were doing. Incorrect. We're doing Ready that's or Not. That's an easy mistake to make. Like, you know that classic meme that you see when it's like, Oh, yeah, you can copy in my homework, but make it a little different. It's like, okay, so first of all, there's two writers on this movie and two directors. So this is a master class in overpopulating your crew to make something super basic, but also really good. But like, it's like they saw your next and was like, what can we do to make this a little? What about demons? How about demons? And they're like, great, run with it. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to get into what we loved what we didn't love, what we hated, uh, and a few things in between. But I thought to warm us up, we could do some of our kind of just fun questions. And I thought since this is our Valentine's Day episode, our February episode, we could do like love and horror questions. So I have a few for you. Are you ready for me to just start, Justin? Let's rock. Okay. Last month, if you guys tuned in, we learned that Eli Roth is Justin's celebrity crush. <laughs> <laughs> Eli Roth has a new VR horror experience coming out on February 10th. Have you heard of this? I don't think so. Okay, he well, has just... so many projects, and there's all this stuff with the sharks, too. <laughs> with the sharks. Okay, we'll get into that. But anyway, <laughs> he has some kind of a Valentine's Day VR experience, whatever that means, uh, coming out on February 10th. Uh, I'm not sure where it's streaming. I, I saw that it was streaming specifically. Oh, it's not like something to go to. No, that would be fun. We would have to go. And you'd have to yeah. fuck him. <laughs> um, okay, but my question is, if you could send Eli a valentine, what would you send him? Like, I would have to make it? or like I, would... I think you would probably have to make it, yeah. I would probably go back and like do a whole retrospective of all the horror interviews he's ever done and make some like wonderful little like three dimensional statue like piece of shit junk art that That's was nice. just for referency for him. Like I think he would like that. Not we like a it, you know yeah, not like a heart or any like a pig's heart with like a nail through it or no like no, no no no. I would want to make something that someone could put on a shelf. That's That's nice. a gift. That is that's a nice gift. Okay, uh, I have two more questions. Do you want to just go right through them? Yeah, let's go. Okay, I think I know what your answer is going to be for this one, but I thought I would give it a shot here. Pick your favorite horror couple. Is it A, Chucky and Tiffany from Bride of Chucky, B, Sydney Prescott and Billy Loomis from Scream, <laughs> or C, 
<laughs> Louis and Lestat from Interview with the Vampire. <laughs> I love how much Brad Pitt didn't want to be in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that? I love that movie. He, uh, he did not want to be in that movie so bad that he asked how much it would cost for him to buy his way out of that movie. And it was $4 million. And he wasn't like Brad Pitt yet. And so it was, you know, it was a whole thing. Was That's it really because of Tom Cruise? That, and it was all night shoots, and he wasn't even the lead, and, you know, contacts every night, all night, too, so it was... Oh, man, I'm so glad that he didn't back out of that movie, because as far as Brad Pitt movies, I mean, other than what, Fight Club, that's, like, his most iconic movie. Maybe yeah, that and, like, Where's his people? accent supposed to be from? Because he was supposed to be from New Orleans, and yet, what was... I don't... There's... We should talk about that movie sometime, <laughs> We can talk about that movie can, anytime but no, you want. So the to. answer is Chucky and Tiffany, just because I love how demented they were before they became dolls, and then they became demented together, and it's just carried through like throughout the entire series. Now, do you watch the Chucky series? I have, but I'm not. I don't like watch it on repeat. Uh, I haven't watched season two yet. I don't have whatever. Oh, the Chucky for... series? No, yeah. not the series. I thought you meant the series of movies. Sorry. Oh, yeah. uh, I've seen all of the movies, but I'm not like a super Chucky fan. I obviously like it and respect it, but I'm not like watching them on repeat. But no, I haven't watched the series at all. Oh, the series is good. You should watch it. It's like, it's really good. What's it on? I don't AMC, maybe? I have that. South I have that. Probably on Shutter. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I have one more question for you. And I think I might know the answer to this one, too. But you never know. People surprise me sometimes. I'm that basic and predictable. I, I just kind of, I know too much about your sexual fantasies, I guess. <laughs> okay, question number three. Pick your favorite horror movie sex scene. Is it A, American Psycho, where he's looking at himself in the mirror and fucking the girl? Uh, B, The Exorcist, when she fucks herself with the cross? <laughs> or C, Pearl, where she fucks the scarecrow? Oh, definitely American Psycho. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I go B. I have to say Exorcist. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> when she fucks herself with the cross and says, fuck me, Jesus. That's that's how I have sex. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> anybody else out there. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of fucking yourself, uh, what are you doing for Valentine's Day? Absolutely nothing. I don't observe Valentine's Day. Although I did. Do you ever watch that comedian show like Kunk on Earth or like Kunk on Britain? Mm -mm. It's on the BBC. She's this really funny um, English comedian. And she just goes on these things that she was talking about St. Valentine and like the history of him. And apparently like he used to hang out with like prostitutes and stuff like that and give them money and gifts and stuff. So it's a holiday. So it yeah, really is about being holly. It's a hooker holiday. Like... I feel like that should be our favorite one. <laughs> I feel like that's why I like to celebrate it. I haven't decided what I'm going to do, but I bought myself a really beautiful silk nightgown last night. Like, it was just like two in the morning and I couldn't sleep. And I was like, I need a good robe. I need like a good kimono, like a gold silk kimono and like some crazy slippers and like a head wrap to go with it. It's really embrace my spinsterhood uh for valentine's day sunset boulevard yeah very sunset boulevard although it doesn't have feathers on it because i'm telling you i have a couple of robes with like all the feathers and those fucking feathers get fucking everywhere even if you oh, get yeah. the high class ones they're expensive feathers everywhere i can't have fucking chicken coop in my house thank you that's not sunset boulevard so i think what i'll probably do is like make martinis and sway around the house in my long night robe <laughs> i don't know Okay, uh, let's take a quick break for commercials. I know you are itching to get into this movie. Uh, again, we're talking about Ready or Not, and we will be right back after these announcements. Hey, guys. Do you want to be on the Why Horror Podcast? We are looking for scary stars, horror industry professionals, and super fans of horror movies to come on and chat with us. So if you're interested in being on the show, DM us at the Why Horror Podcast on either Instagram or TikTok and let us know what you'd like to talk about. Also, we're always taking recommendations for future episodes. So message us your favorite scary movies and maybe we'll talk about them on the show. anything scarier than Valentine's Day? Ugh. I prefer to call it Singles Awareness Day because I'm just that bitch. 
but I felt like given this holiday, this time of year, I would be remiss not to tell you about my book, Rebound. So let me just basically give you the synopsis. I've been dumped hard. This is when I lived in Nashville and I was new to the bustling bar line streets. Armed with only my signature drink, a vodka soda please, and a sense of humor, I decided to lean into my downward spiral. I decided to drink. I decided to date. <sighs> Seems Southerners could smell the desperation in my breakup boozing though. Immediately, I was swarmed by a motley crew of suitors so grotesque, even Flannery O'Connor would blush. Toss in a few deviant gal pals, a Southern gentleman or two, and my book Rebound becomes a vibrant breakup letter that dares to ask, why are so many of us turning our lemons into lemon drop martinis? Long story short, this is a book about getting dumped, and I just put it back on Amazon Prime for $10 with the special banned cover. That's right, the original cover was banned by Amazon for being too risque. I don't know why, it's just me taking pills and drinking wine in the bathtub like you do when you've been dumped. So anyway, I will put a link to my website where you can find all of my books. It's oriandrutter.com. That'll be in our show notes today. And get yourself a copy of the original cover of my first book, Rebound, while you can. Amazon is surely going to kick it off pretty soon. Happy Valentine's Day to all the lovers and all the haters and everybody in between. Let's get back to our show. Okay, we're back. Let's, hey. Hey, let's do this. Let's talk about, ready or not, the things we love. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? You can start. Okay. First and foremost, I love the cast. For better or for worse, I love the cast. Yeah. Uh, we have our star, Samara Weaving, who I love her big horsey teeth. She's such a hottie. She's so charismatic. The camera loves her. I'm I'm 100% in with her being a horror leading lady. Question. Sure. Actually, two questions. One, since you seem to know so much about my goddamn life, um, <laughs> what is my connection to Samara Weaving? And it is not that I've done her makeup. It's not dating, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, your connection to Samara Weaving. Does it have anything to do with Ruby? Nope. No. Ruby, what's Ruby's last name that you used to work with? Oh, I didn't work with her. My husband did, but Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose, right. She's, yeah, beautiful. Another ingenue of the screen. Uh, I have no idea. I don't know what your connection is. So I do background extra work. Sometimes you're aware of that. And I was actually on the season finale of Ryan Murphy's Hollywood. And That's she right. was on that show and we were in that scene together. Not that I spoke to her or had anything to contribute to the actual quality of the show. But, you know, we were in a room together forever. Did her teeth just shine in the middle of the room like no one yeah, else? Yeah, it was, it was like, like, can I put on sunglasses already? Like, yeah, is- those teeth. I love her. She's <laughs> she's serving Kylie Minogue realness and I'm here for it. Um, I just think she's super magnetic. I think that anybody that casts her in a lead role is a smart casting director. Uh, yeah. She was in The Babysitter on Netflix, which yep. I thought was okay. I mean, it was campy. It was fun. The aesthetic of the film was up my alley. The plot and like the dialogue of the film was not so much up my alley. It was kind of like, eh. <laughs> uh, The Babysitter 2 was a fucking fail, in my opinion. Did you watch that movie? I didn't watch either of those. I don't like What's-Her-Face that's the star of those or whatever. The- oh, Bella Thorne? Yeah, she just doesn't do it for me. Like, I also hated the episode of American Horror Stories that she was in. Um, I hated that whole series for the most part. Whatever. But um, the Samara, also, did you see Snake Eyes? The G.I. Joe prequel, sequel, reinvention or whatever? She no. actually played Scarlet in that movie. So if anyone's a G.I. Joe fan, then you know who Scarlet is. And she was like kind of the shining grace of that whole dumpster fire of a film. I yeah, I imagine a G.I. Joe film wasn't great. Yeah, Babysitter <laughs> 2 sucked. They did this thing. If you guys watched Babysitter 2 and you liked it, I understand why, <laughs> I I didn't, um, I understand why somebody would want to like it, because what they tried to do was throw in so many horror references from other films that, like, horror nerds like ourselves would be really into. 
But the way in which they threw them in was really bad. And it was just like distracting from the actual movie. And it was just like almost too much to keep up with. And I just felt like it was a really confusing, really jarring film. And also it came out during the pandemic, which was already like a confusing and jarring time. We needed like a solid piece of work, not something that's like, bam, film reference, bam, film reference, film reference, film reference, plot, film reference. It was that's great. why Shaun of the Dead is like the greatest Easter egg movie of all time. Like the references are tiny. You have to watch it like a bunch of times to get them. That's and how it should be. You so want to you want to feel like you discovered something. You want to feel like you're smart for what finding is that. It. Oh my god! Not like somebody's <laughs> punching you in the fucking face with it to get your attention and be like, "Look how smart we are. We all know about this movie. Like we got it. <laughs> Calm down, Jesus Christ, relax. Add much. Uh, what else was she in? Oh, uh, she is well i this is in development but uh samara weaving is supposed to be in the down the rabbit hole series which is the story of holly madison and the girls next door at the playboy mansion really yeah so it's based on holly madison's book and i'm very interested to see that because i've been diving into some of that recently because they have a new podcast the girls from uh, holly madison and bridget markhart and so i've been listening to that it's Really fucked up. It's really fascinating. I love Bridget. I love Bridget so much. I I remember I, when I texted you about that show that was the search for the next Elvira that Bridget was on. I was so excited to tell you about that show. I love that show. If you guys haven't watched the search for the next Elvira, it was like a mid two thousands reality TV show, and it is great. And you can find the whole thing on YouTube. It's still so there. Good. It's so good. I watched it all in one night, just like drinking, watching that, like, oh my God, I love this show. Uh, <laughs> we uh, should oh. do a live watch party for that sometime. So would you consider Samara a scream queen at this point? No, but... Is that because she's too good for the title? No. I just don't <laughs> think she's quite there yet. I think she needs a big-ass horror movie to get her there, but... Guess what she's going to be in? The new Scream movie. Correct. Correct. So, so. I think either A, she's going to be the Drew Barrymore of that movie and have some big, dramatic, like, wonderful scene in the beginning, or she's going to be one of the killers. Either or. Yeah, that, that tracks. I agree with you. Yeah. I would rather see her have a really dramatic opening scene. I'd rather see her be the Drew Barrymore. I think that's a better role. Yeah. But if she's one of the killers, I'm okay. She can be like Emma Roberts, right? Wasn't Emma Roberts a killer at one point? Yeah, I hated Emma Roberts as the killer. And Emma Roberts I, is easy to dislike. She's yeah. got that. <laughs> she's one of those people, it is what it is. It's not that she's bad at her job or anything like that. But, no, she just has the yeah. face of an asshole. Like, she just yeah. looks kind of like she an annoying bitch. She reminds us all of someone that was very mean to us at one point in our lives. And yeah, so and she's so little, too. I kind of feel like bullies should be big. Or, like, glamorous, but she's kind of mousy and small, but has, like, the attitude of a bully. So it's incongruent for me. And I'm like, I don't know about this girl. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's usually <laughs> characters she plays. It's probably she's just getting typecast. Uh, what else did I love? Uh, hold on, hold on. I have... Oh, well, you know what I did? I kind of took... Um... There's, a, there's a few things I loved about this movie. But I did take a little break when I started talking about, I made some notes about Samara Weaving. And I wanted to ask you, who do you think like our horror ingenues of right now are? And I have a couple in mind, but are there any that come to your mind like right off the bat? Not to put pressure on you. If not, I have a list. No, oh, I thought I was doing the ones of like the prior days. You are, you are. No, 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 you are. That's why I said not to put pressure on you. But if you have one that you want to mention like off the top of your head, cool. If not... I made a little list. Um, definitely Mia Goth. Yeah, I think Mia Goth is going to be the the queen of horror if she hasn't already taken that title already. I forgot that she was in the Amazon remake of Suspiria, which was amazing. I recently watched that for the first time. Really good, right? It. it was really so good. Fucking good. Really scary. Really dark and fucking creepy and like pretty legit to the original as far as like the aesthetic and also like the language and i i really really yeah, love the it. reality of how abusive and like terrible the whole ballet culture can be for girls especially and you know it's just uh yeah i didn't like uh was it chloe grace moretz in the beginning like she's that first girl mm. and i was like you know what i don't love you 
as an adult for horror. I loved her right up in, throughout her adolescence from the Amityville remake up through, what is it, Let Me In or Let the Right One In. What a, it, the remake of oh, the Spanish. Oh, that was good, yeah. Yeah, like she was great in that. And after that, I don't know that I want her in horror. I think anymore. I think she blew it. And it's not her fault. Obviously, this is the casting director's fault. A check is a check. I'm not here to judge any actor or actress for taking a lead role in a major film. But I think that she blew it when she did Carrie. Oh, God, that was so bad. Well, the point of Carrie is that Carrie is supposed to be very homely. She's supposed to be ugly. Yeah. And Chloe Grace Moretz is just beautiful. So the movie didn't make any fucking sense. You know, it reminds no, me of not another teen movie when they're like, but she has glasses and a ponytail. Dude, that's, that's what I say when people hit on me when I'm at work because I teach painting classes. And I'm like, who, me? I've got paint on my overalls. <laughs> um, it's heard the, the Catwoman movie that Halle Berry was in and they thought putting her in frumpy clothes and like a really terrible wig was going to change the fact that she's not one of the most Halle gorgeous Berry. women on the fucking planet. <laughs> right, right. Come on, guys. Um, as far as, oh, I have a couple other girls. This one, I just want to say her name because it's fun. Imogen Poots. Do you know who that is? She was in uh, Fright Night, Green Room, and a recent, uh, like, I think 2019 remake of Black Christmas. She, I haven't seen a lot from her recently, but she was, was around. She a position as well? Or no, that's Imogen Heap, sorry. No, uh, no, no, no. Imogen Poots. You guys can Google her. Her last name is Poots. <laughs> uh, I would like to give a shout out to Kiki Palmer, who is more of a horror silver screen ingenue, but I would like to see her get elevated to movies. Um, she, and she was in Nope, so that was a good step forward. She did Scream Queen, and she did Scream the TV series. So I'd like to see Kiki Palmer step in a little bit more. And then, obviously, for my number one, like, our best Scream Queen right now is Jenna Ortega. She was in X. She's in oh, the 2022 so Scream. And she's Wednesday. You're not going to top that. Wednesday, and it's, like, gotten more streams than anything else. So Jenna Ortega, she's on a roll. I would like to add Mary Elizabeth Winstead to this list as well. She's one of my favorites, and she consistently delivers, like, horror performances that are so solid. Like, yeah. she's a great actress. Yeah, I really liked the Cloverfield movie with her. Yes! That I was fucked up. The, uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter when she was his wife. I didn't watch that one. <laughs> oh, if you like action horror that's, like, campy and dumb, like, it's, oh, it's such a fun movie. I love it. And Anthony Mackie's in it. It's so stupid. I I I don't know that I'll get to it, but maybe one day. <laughs> maybe it's not on the top of my to-do list. Uh, but yeah, I, and I have one more, and this is kind of a, a more obscure girl because I don't think, I think she's really just more horror than anything else. So she doesn't have a lot of regular roles, but I think her name is pronounced Maika, Maika Monroe. And she was the girl in It Follows. Uh, she was recently in a movie called Watcher. Uh, significant other, and she was also in a kind of obscure movie called Villains that I watched recently that I really liked. Uh, she's done a lot of kind of artsy horror, so I would like to keep an eye on her too. So that's kind of the how many do I have? Intense actress. Like... She's yeah. Well, she's she's a good actress. She's a good actress, yeah. and she looks indie. She doesn't really look Hollywood. Hollywood. She's very beautiful, of course, but she looks. I think that she'll be the indie Brie Larson. Like, they kind of look alike, and I see her just taking, like, the opposite sort of track with her career. Maybe, yeah. I would love to see that. So that's uh, my one, two, three, four, five up-and-coming horror ingenues of right now. Uh, did you have some of yesteryear? Yes. Thank you. I know you like it when I, I say yesteryear. Let's talk about Susan Sarandon. As, okay. Like, I mean, she's just... From who she is now all the way back, and I know you hate Rocky Horror, but whatever. She was Janet, and she was amazing in it. Interruption. Uh, I don't hate <laughs> Rocky Horror. No one hates Rocky Horror unless they're a crazy person. I'm just not, like, I just don't go to the shows. Okay. That makes sense. I don't go to the shows either, but that's primarily because I can't be bothered to stay up past 9 o'clock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, I mean, the hunger... When she was in that, you know what I mean? So young with those giant eyes. And that's such a, a romantic horror, if it can even be considered a horror. You know, the Thelma Louise, the Witches of Eastwick. Like, she's just in everything she does. She's exquisite. Um, also, Margot Kidder. I feel like we brought Margot Kidder up in the last episode. But, like, 
Amityville horror and Black Christmas, the whole time she maintained this like era of innocence to her that I think an ingenue kind of really needs to have. And that's something that I almost feel we're missing from more of the modern actresses that like, there's no like super, super innocent ones. Cause even Mia Goth, she changes her voice so that she's not so immature sounding. Yeah. No, yeah. Cause she sounds like a baby Victorian ghost in real life. Yeah. <laughs> she so sounds weird. like she's like, oh, yeah. Like you're in a haunted house and like, jolly old England and like the attic and she's like hey you wanna play with my dollies <laughs> she sounds crazy hey guys little baby <laughs> well now she sounds like that which is crazy even crazier <laughs> um but finally Shelly Duvall who, like, <laughs> that was funny. who doesn't love Shelly Duvall and yeah never googled um hi I'm Shelly Duvall super cut on YouTube you need to do yourself a favor and do that like, as soon as you're done listening to us rant about something, because she had a show that was like a story time show for a little while, and every episode would involve her in a different costume, and like, hi, I'm Shelly Duvall, and then she would just go to this thing, but it was always the same in the beginning, and so it's just this super cut of her saying that, like, 50 different times in these, like, crazy cuts. It's so worth it. I like. want that to be, like, my new alarm clock. I wanted to like project on my wall and just wake me up every day, just like 50. Hi, I'm Shelly Duvall. Hi, I'm Shelly Duvall. Seen it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love your your ingenues. Those are good ones. Um, I'm trying to think. Horror ingenues. I guess for me, uh, these are a little newer than yours, but older than mine. Um, I feel like Rose McGowan and Nev Campbell because of the Scream series and also Rose McGowan because in real life she lived the horror story of dating Marilyn Manson and she was like such a kind of goth looking chick and also her role in Jawbreaker even though I guess it's not technically a horror movie is so cult iconic and so evil that she's like a murderer. Uh, Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Jawbreaker get your life together go watch it right now uh, after this show. (laughs) <laughs> we were friends on Facebook. We had a mutual friend in New York that did her makeup, and for some reason, she accepted my friend request. So. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, and then who else did I really like in horror films? It's hard to think back of, like, which actors. I guess Drew Barrymore. Really, the Scream franchise was pretty formative for me because it came out, like, right when I was a teenager, and it lasted for so long. Um, oh, obviously, Nancy from Freddy Krueger uh, from Nightmare on Elm Langenkamp. Street. Heather Langenkamp. Yeah. <laughs> What about Jamie Lee Curtis? Because I was yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis for sure, dude. And and to me, Jamie Lee has always had this like bravado and arrogance to her when she speaks, and you can kind of see it when she's acting because you know she's a nepo baby, like you know whatever. Don't like using that term, but still, like she never had to. She's always had a safety net, so like when she speaks, she's always like. I'm Jamie Lee Curtis. Da, 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 and she just bothers me. And like going back and watching Halloween now, I'm like, you arrogant fuck. Like even aside from her hating horror movies and stuff like that, I still watch Halloween. Like I wish he would have got her and not her slutty friend. You know, I just didn't understand why someone with such an ugly face was on screen to begin with. And I understand <laughs> like if you're a character actor, like there's room for all different kinds of actors, but like the lead hot girl in a horror film should be a hot girl. So when you say she's a Nepo baby, I guess that tracks and that makes sense. But I think that has a lot to do with why I didn't get into uh, Halloween because I was like, why is anybody chasing this bitch? Like, <laughs> no offense, but she a dog, dude. Like, <laughs> anyway, she has a nice body though. She's like really in shape and you know, good for her for that. She, I guess you can't get a head transplant. Did you ever see that horror movie she did where it was like ghosts came down from space and like took over a like a ship and made like robot ghosts. It, it was like a whole, maybe it Sounds wasn't great. Like, like it was like aliens or something that did it. But, and she got an action figure out of that movie. So if anyone wants a Jamie Lee Curtis action figure, they do exist. Well, get it and then rip the hat off and stick a Barbie head on it and give it to me for Valentine's day. And I'll be a happy camper. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, speaking okay. of which, going back to girls next door, did you, they have bobbleheads of those. Do you remember Oh yeah. Those? Yeah. Of course. They, yeah. I can't believe I don't have those. Anyway, sorry. If I find any, I'll buy them for you. That'll be your (laughs) Valentine's Day present. Uh, Okay, so back to what we loved about, I wanted to say you're next. I almost said you're next (laughs) because they are the same movie, essentially, but with just different aesthetics. Uh, What I loved, uh, I loved in Ready or Not, 
I thought the pacing was really quick and fun and they did a good job with that. They did a very professional job of following a formula that works and has you saying things like, don't go upstairs or climb a fucking tree, you idiot, or he's right behind you. I want to feel that when I watch chase scenes in a horror movie. And I definitely felt that in like the scene where she's in the kitchen hiding with a double barreled shotgun, trying to shoot the old guy with the gray hair. I don't know who he was because there was no character development for anybody in this movie. But, um, but yeah, I thought it was a fun, well-paced film. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't dragging ass at any time for me. It went fast enough. Um, yeah. And that's really important in creating, well, in doing something so basic and so tired and doing it well, you need to have a certain like brevity to it. It has to move along at a pace that keeps Right, because we've seen going. it before. So we don't yeah. need the explanation. Like we all know kind of the plot points here. We're not we're not inventing anything new, right? So like we don't need explanation. Let's just keep it moving, keep it fun, keep the pretty girl more and more covered in blood, and let's get this shit going. Uh, yeah. I thought they did a good job of that. Yeah, I love the characters in this movie. I feel like the characters, Aunt Helene was just everything with her white hair and eyebrows. <laughs> like, that shock of white hair and how yeah. grumpy she was about everything. No. <laughs> All the time. And it's, then it's like, you know, the big reveal for her was that was like her in the flashback. I feel like that flashback wasn't impactful enough for me to remember it by the time it was like revealed. You didn't get that that was her in the flashback the whole time? No, because despite the movie having good pacing, I did stop it like four to five times. Oh, okay. to, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do stuff, I saw so. that whack haircut on the girl in the beginning and I was like, why is her hair so whack? And then I was like, oh, that must be her there with the crazy hair. As soon as they went to the current day, I was like, I got that right away. But she was great. And then uh, Henry Kearney or Henry Zerny, I don't know how you say it, the dad that was Tony. He was on Revenge. If you ever watched that show, loved that show. But like, he was excellent. I loved uh, Finch, the like that kind of not really into it that was married to the co-core sister like she oh god she, i mean we all know that girl yeah we all we really you and i especially really know that girl <sighs> but like him sitting in the bathroom watching videos trying to learn how to use this crossbow was just he was the all of us in that story to relate to i really liked uh how they kind of slipped in him googling uh, cult with the devil. Is that a real thing? That, that the way that they let us know, like why these people are doing this. I thought that was cute. I thought that was a cute, very easy explanation and very like technically accurate for modern times. I liked that uh, about yeah. the guy that you're talking about. I thought he was gay. I didn't know he was even married. Like I said, I, I there are things I didn't pay attention to in it either. Cause it's just kind of like a <laughs> movie. Um, I loved, 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 and this is an important one. I loved the scene where Samara Weaving, Grace, our main character, falls into the bone pit in the goat shed. I um, wrote that too. I love a good pit. I wrote exactly the same thing. I love a good pit. I love a good pit scene. And I love how mucky her hair is with all of the goat shit and grime and human decay in it. But more importantly, this is a frequent horror trope that not everyone is aware of. So you will take your ingenue, you will take your final girl, and in the beginning, she's running for her life, okay? She is fleeing from danger. She is a scared little baby. Then you put her in some kind of a hole. You either put her in a pit full of bones or you put her running a well. through a well. You can put her through a well. You can put her in uh, like a holler, or I guess people would say hollow, a wood hollow if you're not from the South, but in the South, they say holler. Uh, and you would just have her run through and branches are ripping at her clothes and she's getting cut or she's got to crawl out of this hole. And essentially it symbolizes your ingenue being reborn and she comes out of this rebirth, no longer a virgin and a baby and a runner. She comes out a fighter and she's going to fucking win this thing. Ooh, like at the end of The Descent, remember that? <laughs> God, The Descent is a I love movie. that movie. I could watch that tonight. Uh, yeah, so she comes out of this hole covered in muck. Her wedding dress is officially not at all white anymore. It is, and like you said, don't we love a fucked up wedding dress? I think I think you said that earlier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's also funny about like the pit? And it's funny because I literally wrote, love a good pit. Bad enough to be in a pit, but also to have a fresh wound and then a nail. 
Like they just. I oh love yeah, I forgot that she puts her on. hand. She tries to crawl out of the pit and just. That and hand the stupid a nail. kid that shoots her to get her in there too. Like what a fucking tool. Yeah, I'm glad she punched him. Uh, I wrote. The Titanic family. I love a gore pit, and it's all underlined. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you and I both love pits. Yeah, this what is did why you we ask? compare notes. So if you had the opportunity, if your significant other was like, hey, so you want to join this family, you have to play this game. One of the games is that we might have to like hunt you down and kill you. Would you want to marry that person? Would you no for me, dog. Definitely not. <laughs> That's a hard fuck no. But first of all, um, I don't know. How, how many sp- cards are in the deck, too? That's what I would need to know. Like, what's the odds? Okay. Uh it's a hell no, no matter what, for me. I'm not even sold on the concept of marriage as the shit show that it is right now for a woman. So to say that, to say not only do you have to usurp your rights and potentially your money, and potentially if things get really insane one day, your sexual freedom to a man, you also might get hunted by my whole crazy ass family. No, I'm not doing that. But I do think this movie would have been cooler less cliche and better written and more fascinating if the previous couples would have all played their game and all of the games would have been a like kill this fucker kind of game. So like if the point, if if the moral or not the moral, if the plot of the movie were that everyone who marries into the family has to play some kind of game where they are tortured, hunted, something very yeah. fucking dark happens. That would have been a much cooler movie. Like, I would have loved to see flashes at the end of this film, um, had that been the plot, flashes at the end of this film, with, like, the guy who's like, I had to play Old Maid, and, like, him getting tortured during Old Maid, or something that's like, oh, I had to play checkers, and, like, somebody yeah. fucking her up with checkers. With the bitch wife that was married to Adrian Brody with the bob that you were... I also, I love that, like, she saw the um, Samar running away, Grace, and decided not to run after her, but just to turn around and slowly walk in her stilettos to go let everyone else... She was also... I love the characters in this movie, despite them just being, like, you know, tick box characters that were so basic. They were all so well played by these actors. Like, I can't stress enough, these actors carried this movie i'm also glad that they had the budget to make this movie that's like so basic that they had the budget to make it good because it literally it could have been terrible if they didn't have the money to get that house like it's, the lighting know. the special effects the actors the everything the sound it was a well-produced movie for sure yeah. um Finally, the last thing I have on here, unless you have something that you love that you want to do first, because this is the final scene. The final scene is a clear homage to the final scene in the movie Heathers. So that to me is probably why I like this movie so much. It's why I wanted to do this movie on the show. So you have um, two things happen. If you haven't already watched it, obviously we already gave you the warning. This show is full of spoilers. Everybody blows up at the end. And uh, Heather's also ends with an explosion of sorts. And uh, I loved when everybody blew up in this, that the gore hit the camera. That's one of my favorite um, kind of effects in a movie, especially since they didn't use it through most of this movie. They just use it in the explosion scene where everybody was like, yes. just It has to be a season to taste the fact. Because in like 300, where it's throughout like the whole movie, you're like, come on. You need to keep it to a very, it needs to be, yeah, it, it's a, it's, you know, icing on the cake. It's not the whole fucking cake. So um, I love that. And then, you know, Samara or uh, Grace leaves and it's it's it, scene by scene, frame by frame. It's the same scene as the end of Heather's with Winona Ryder walking out of the school in her destroyed outfit, charred, covered in blood, fucked up, lights a cigarette, sits down on the stairs and just reflects as like things burn behind her and the chaos. And it's the same kind of message, which is like, you know, the rich feed on the poor, but the rich end up imploding. And it's it's very similar to the, the end of Heathers and the message at the end of Heathers. So Why did we not talk about Winona Riders and talking about Ingenue? I know. <laughs> I know. How did we miss what Winona Ryder? Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands, Heathers, hello. She's the best. Alien Resurrection. At oh my god, duh. Yeah. I have the action figure of Winona Ryder from that movie. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. I've I'm so proud it. of it. Uh, okay, well, we did what we loved. I feel like we did it justice. We gave it the credit 
it's due. It's not a masterpiece, but it's a well done kind of tropey movie. Um, let's take a break. Uh, I'm going to pop on here and do my little smash the patriarchy bit. And we're going to talk about some feminist shit, some horror shit. And then when we come back, we can talk about what we hated. What do you think? Great. Okay. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Orianne, and as promised, I am back this month with another edition of Slash the Patriarchy. This is my little interlude where we talk about some badass females that work in the horror genre. If you tuned in last month, you were introduced to one of my favorite horror directors, Jackie Kong, who made the cult classic movie Blood Diner. If you didn't listen to that one, go back and check it out. But this month, since we're talking about horror ingenues, I wanted to introduce you to my favorite horror ingenue of the 60s and 70s, Erica Blanc. Erica starred in several cult European horror films, including The Third Eye, Kill Baby Kill, So Sweet, So Perverse, The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave, The Devil's Nightmare, and then this is my favorite title of hers, The Redheaded Corpse. <laughs> Uh, I personally, as far as those movies are concerned, really loved The Devil's Nightmare. In this one, a mega-hot Erica plays a succubus who consumes a group of stranded tourists who conveniently are forced to spend the night in a creepy haunted mansion. Uh, each tourist in the movie is represented by one of the seven deadly sins, and Erica, or Lisa Mueller, that's her character's name, kills them accordingly. So she'll like gorge the glutton on food and wine or trap the adulterous one in an Iron Maiden mid-adulterous tryst, etc., etc. She's sort of like Kevin Spacey in the movie Seven, except she's way badder, she's way hotter, and also she's never been me too, obviously. Erica's career is long and prolific, and she even recently returned to films in the early 2000s. Today, Erica is 80 years old, and we at the Why Horror Podcast would like to applaud her for being a female film badass then, now, and forever. If you don't know, now you know. Uh, you can check out Erica in The Devil's Nightmare. I just looked it up, and it is available for free on Tubi. So just go on there, type in The Devil's Nightmare, and have some campy fun. It's super cheesy, she's super fine, and it's a good time. All right, back to the show. We would smash the patriarchy, Orient. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to why horror. I'm Justin. Hi, I'm still me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about what we hated about this movie. Justin, I know you've got something you hated. Go ahead and start us off. Okay, so honestly, the, the little ghost bit at the end. Well, okay, so like the whole end... I would have rather it not have actually been a curse and that they were just really stupid and like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just really feeds into that whole culture that's kind of bred right now where like people will just believe anything as long as it suits the narrative for what they want to see. Right. Um, but, you know, for it to have not have mattered at all and all those like, why were the maids in this movie all super hot with like sleek ponytails? Because and they're hookers. They're all strippers, and well, oh. I don't know if they're hookers. Excuse me, excuse me. Big difference sometimes. Um, they were exotic dancers. Uh, one of the, I think the dad. I'm not, I'm not positive on this, but one of the uh, patriarchs of the family hired them, and she said, "I don't even normally do this. He just likes the way I dance." Oh, I remember that part. Yeah. Now. So they it were... was little sly bits like that that could have been um, upped. I guess is my like secondary problem. Yeah, character <laughs> development. Just to, it like leads right into the other. Is it <clears throat> like even in the beginning, um, the demonic undertone was kind of like sprinkled. You know what I mean? It was peppered in the conversation. Um, he's like, someone's watching over us. Like within the first twenty five minutes, and. It was kind of alluded to a little bit, but not enough for us to care about it. So that when the payoff actually happened, you were supposed to have this what the hell is happening kind of moment. But instead you're like, oh, okay. And that CGI ghost at the end. Sorry, I got my three out in the beginning. A CGI ghost? I don't even remember. Yeah, remember the 
Oh, Mr. Lavelle. At the end, and there's like a quick shot of like the person that they're. No, I I must have blacked that out. I must have been (laughs) two Chardonnays deep at that point. Uh, Well, I'll tell you, I agree. I think it was a half-assed movie that could have been a great movie given the (laughs) given the acting, the amount of money that they put into it, the production. It's like, you know, you gave us like nine tenths of this pie. Why don't you just put in the work and make it great? But not everybody is a fucking genius. Some people are just competent. So they did a good, competent job on this. Uh, what do I a have? A nominal job is the way to put it. A what? A nominal job. A nominal job. Right. You did a nominal job. Not phenomenal, darling. <laughs> uh, the same thing, pretty much. Zero character development. An extremely recycled plot, include, which, which there were two recycled plots here, really. Uh, there is the, um, you're going to go meet someone's family and they're all going to try to kill you. Uh, Really three Um, being hunted by rich people. And then also just rich people being satanic Illuminati demon worshipers. I feel like we get a lot of that um, all the time. And I give way too much credit to Satan in horror movies as far as what he can accomplish. (laughs) I mean, and well, and if we are going to give credit to Satan, let's make Satan a little more interesting. Um, There was a movie recently called Satanic Panic. Did you watch that? I did not. Similar aesthetic, very like hyper realist colors and very like it's kind of a horror comedy funny cast, very similar to this movie, but they really made fun of uh, Satan worshipers and rich people that worship Satan and like how ridiculous, like they're wearing like goat horns and like fucking each other and they're just so stupid and the whole thing's a mess. They're trying to kill a pizza girl because she's a virgin. I mean, it's like a very funny kind of 80s, 90s movie. Um, it was it was made recently, but it takes place in the 80s or 90s. Uh, but anyway, I just don't think this movie followed through as much as it could have. Um, it reminded me of, amongst other movies, Get Out, You're Next, uh, and a movie, this is good. So this is something that I want people to take with them from today's podcast. It reminds me of a movie from the 80s called Society, and I've told you about Society. You haven't seen it yet, I don't think, unless you watched it since I told you. Society is a very, uh, the tagline on the cover of the VHS for Society says, the rich have always fed off the poor. And Society is a body horror movie for the books. I mean, like, it ends up, spoiler alert, but this won't spoil it because it's so insane to see. It ends up with all these rich people morphing into this one giant fuckfest orgy creature that's, like, oozing and fucking and devouring poor people. And it's just, like, it's so gnarly and crazy and funny. And it's, like... (laughs) I highly recommend if you like campy 80s horror and you like the theme of like the rich devouring the poor or being, uh, you know, some kind of satanic type of thing, I would check out Society. I think that that would probably be a slightly better investment of your time than the movie we're talking about today, as far as culture goes. Um, Also, her original wedding dress was a piece of shit. Who the fuck wears a mock turtleneck see-through lace dress when you're marrying somebody this wealthy? It was trashy. It was giving me like Anna Nicole Smith. Like it. Oh, hi, it's Orianne. I just wanted to put in a little note here that uh, I love Anna Nicole Smith. I just didn't love that wedding dress. Okay, back to the show. Looked like it should have been the top half of like a song bodysuit you would wear under like Jordache jeans for like a guest yeah it looked like something like a tacky girl would wear in black to a club you know what I mean like very much with like six inch stilettos and like a really cheap cubic zirconia tennis bracelet absolutely just not cute and I'm like girl girl it was cute when she destroyed it once it was a fucked up wedding dress I loved it and I think everybody likes to see that that's really fun to see somebody in like a destroyed prom dress or, you know, any of that. We, we love to see the blood and guts on that and see, like, the girl go through the transformation of going from kind of, like, cupcake bride to warrior woman. So that was you know, cool. I did like that she, like, started off the movie smoking a cigarette in a wedding dress and, like, ended smoking the movie. Yeah. You know? What do you think happened to her after this movie? Like, what do you think the next step is for her? Well, she did marry the guy, so she's hella rich. Yeah, and the whole family is dead now. Money from it. Like, yeah. 
How so, did they prove she killed those people? They literally exploded. No, yeah, that I, I'm sure, well, things probably went one of two ways for her. Either she got the money or she got Anna Nicole and she didn't. I don't know if they have any more family. There was, the whole family was there, right? So if the whole yeah. family was there, there's nobody to contest her taking that money. I hope she got rich as shit. And I guess that's probably what happened. I guess maybe that's like the final, like, she became the rich asshole at the end. And I love that she never became the villain, despite everyone, like, coming after her the whole time. She never, like, directly sought out to kill these people. No. Like, it would, she definitely, like, took the high road. I would not have taken the high road. Like, once that game is set, no. we're good. <laughs> kill or be killed? Are you kidding? Don't take the high road. You'll probably die. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was, like, a thing with the menu that I watched. Have you seen the menu yet? Yes. I hated that movie. It was so... Speaking of hookers... Love a movie with a secret hooker. <laughs> like Anya Taylor-Joy. First of all, I love the fact that she could even be considered a prostitute. I like, know. She's the far... I was about to say, she's the farthest <laughs> thing from a how I've ever seen. I hated that movie. I hated that movie so much. It was so pretentious and just boring and dumb. And it could have been so good. It would have been a better book, I think, if you could have understood the people, like, what they were thinking inside. But I don't know. I hated that movie. I didn't care about it really i got through it i watched the whole thing without turning it off which is a good sign because these days it's yeah. so easy to get distracted and just be like something else something else or like look at your phone and i didn't really do that during that movie so it must have been a little better than some of the movies that have come before it recently but yeah i didn't i didn't feel like i hated it i just didn't think it didn't move me it was dumb <laughs> i like anya taylor joy i'm sad that she got that buckle fat removal I'm, that's crazy. That shit looks so crazy. I know. Why do you want to look like you're sucking in your face all Why the time? Why do you want to look like an ancient person? I can't even do it. Yeah, and you see all the different ones that are like, quote unquote, rumored to be getting it done right now. I hope Samara Weaving never does that because she's already got such a structural face. Like She would look like a crack whore. That, don't. <laughs> and with those teeth, it would. Just, she'd look like the fucking Crypt Keeper. No. No, 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 honey. No, I hope she doesn't do it either. Um, yeah, like Leah Michelle looks like a ghost. She looks like she looks like Ghostface from Scream. Ugh. Anyway, so bad. Oh, I can't wait. Who do you think the killer is in the new Scream movie? I I couldn't even get through the last Scream movie. If I'm honest, I was so bored with it. Really? Ah. Uh. I mean, aside from the CGI ghost Skeet Ulrich, a.k.a. Billy, Loom Billy Loomis, like, I mean, that part really bothered me. But I don't know. I, I love Jenna Ortega in that movie so much. Like, she was so good. I didn't pay attention to it. I was like, this is horrible. I don't even want to watch it. That was the first movie I saw, like, after the whole pandemic happened. I waited until at least a month after it was out, thinking, like, no one else would be in the theater. And there was, like, 12 other theater. And as a lifelong horror fan, I'm like, yes. That means that every day before this had more than this. Yeah. This is great. Go, fam. I may watch it again. You know, anything that came out in the past two years, it really just depends on my mood because my mood has been, I'm sure like a lot of people could say it's been all over the place. And sometimes I just don't have the patience for something. Uh, whereas like normally if I were sitting in a theater and watching it, I probably would have had a different experience, but who knows what kind of day I had that day. And like, okay, well we are going to take another break because do you know who's back? <gasps> Bella Luke Ghostly is back. Oh she, my God. He is. She's here to give us another exclusive list she is doing Best Horror Brides today. So I want to take a break and get to that, and then we'll be back with our little closing. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Hello, my darlings. It's me, Bella Lugosley, your favorite spooky spinster, back with another exclusive list for my friends at the Why Horror Podcast. Since this week they are discussing Ready or Not for their Valentine's Day episode, I thought why not talk about some of our favorite brides of horror? In no particular order, let's begin with Clara from 2012's Wreck 3 Genesis, played by Leticia Dorera. This blushing bride with a bob was having the best day of her life, giving us a young Shelley Duvall at her peak. However, her shining moment was soon subsumed in undead anarchy 
as the zombie apocalypse forces her to ascend into her final chainsaw-wielding badass form. Poor Clara must battle her friends and her in-laws in a display that makes Leatherface look quite timorous, if we're being honest. And she does it all in her matrimonial attire. There's just something about a bloody whipped-up wedding dress, isn't there? Next on our list is The Bride. And no, I'm not talking about Uma Thurman, although her delectation for the slice and dice earned her an honorable mention on this list. Our next entry is The Bride, from The Bride of Frankenstein. This resurrected bridal bombshell took one look at her betrothed and said, No thanks! and fell to the floor in the most dramatic old Hollywood fashion. Mad scientist he may be, a matchmaker Dr. Frankenstein is not. Played to exquisite perfection by Elsa Lanchester, this 1935 classic would earn her place as one of the great universal monsters and the hottest undead ginger until trash from Return of the Living Dead. The final bride in our confabulation is what I would consider the most down-ass bitch in horror history. I mean none other than Tiffany from The Bride of Chucky. As we've learned from the recent television series, Tiffany has been the number one chick of Charles Lee Ray for decades. Played to demented delight by the one and only Jennifer Tilly in this and every subsequent film after. When the human Tiffany Valentine got her dedo-weed-imbala in the bathtub, she woke having been dragged doomed into a wedding dory. Tragic. The absolute temerity. Fun fact, she was watching The Bride of Frankenstein when it happened. This body swap did not stop Albert Tiffany from immediately ameliorating her look into the glam goddess we know today. From her first appearance in 1998, reprising her role in every current series, Tiffany is without a doubt the baddest bride in town. I'm Bella Lugosi. I hope you've enjoyed this exclusive list for the Why Horror Podcast. Tune in next month. Have a nice day. Okay, we're back, Bella. Thank you so much for doing another list for the Why Horror Podcast. I'm so glad that you brought up those horror brides. Those are my favorites. Uh, I agree. Uh, Bride of Chucky, she's the baddest bitch. And I love that she was watching Bride of Frankenstein during her death scene. That was I, just like, that's the kind of Easter egg that's just great. I completely agree. When I heard that, I was like, shit, I did not realize that. And that's a good little trivia tidbit to have as a horror hostess. So I'm really thankful for that one. Uh, yeah, will someone please give Bella a paid booking gig, please, hosting something? <laughs> <laughs> we can bring her on here. If I ever get the flu, she can come and be me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so we are pretty much done. We covered what we loved and what we hated about, don't let me say you're next. What's it called? <laughs> Hide and seek. No, what is it called? I would not have even noticed it if you did. <laughs> I know. What's it called? Wait, here I come. Ready or Ready not. Or not. <laughs> Where is Lauren Hill? <laughs> she nope. busy not paying taxes. Dude, Lauren Hill is, I don't think she's doing great. Like, everybody... <laughs> worry about Lauren. Anyway, well, we need help because we don't know what we're doing for our March episode yet. And we thought it might be best to ask you guys to DM us uh, on Instagram or on TikTok. We are the Why Horror Podcast. That's at the Why Horror Podcast. You can send us your recommendations. I was thinking it's March. It's St. Patrick's Day. Maybe we do Leprechaun. Uh, it's also Mardi Gras. It'd be fun. Yeah. So uh, maybe a Mardi Gras theme movie, if you can think of one, or we could do Leprechaun. Uh, Justin mentioned, like, should we do the whole series? I don't even know how many Leprechaun movies there are, but I don't want to watch, like, four. Yeah, no, it's, like, the first one and Leprechaun in the Hood, which I think is, like, five, maybe. And there's Leprechaun in Space. <laughs> I definitely don't want to watch Leprechaun in Space, but I could take the reins on Leprechaun in the Hood. I feel like I'm the right girl to watch that one. Maybe that's what we should talk about. <laughs> okay, should we talk about Leprechaun in the Hood? I mean, I exploitation in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how offensive it is. 
I, I'm pretty sure it's offensive. I wonder if anyone's even in it, though. Yeah, I think we're going to want... Anyway, if you guys have a suggestion, send them to us on either Instagram or TikTok. It's at the Y Horror Podcast. And if we choose one of your suggestions, uh, I will send you a little prize. Uh, it's just going to be a packet of three or four horror-themed stickers that I like to make in my spare time because I'm a crafty bitch. Uh, so if I you also do... would like some of these horror-themed stickers. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. I have some really weird what? Freddy Krueger ones where he has, like, hot pink lips and he's going, like, kissing at you. Ooh. Yeah, I have a bunch of weird ones. You know, I'm just kind of a weirdo. But, uh, but yeah, so if you submit your idea for what we should do on our next episode, make sure and put a mailing address for you. And I will send you those stickers if you win and we pick your movie. All right. Oh, exciting. Yeah, I like giving stuff away. And I think it's a fun way to get people involved. So that should be good. And also then we don't have to come up with our own ideas. We'll just let you guys decide. <laughs> it's a win for everybody. All right. We are out of here. Cheers, Justin. Thank you so much for joining me. And Cheers, to everybody great. in Ready or Not, greatest job. <laughs> I almost thought you were going to say the wrong title. <laughs> yeah. There was just that little pause. I know. I was like, let me get it right. Let me get it right. Because there's so many movies that are like it. All right. We're out of here, guys. Have a great month. Bye. Love you, Squirrel Weaving. Good night. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Why Horror Podcast. Justin and I always like to leave you with a creepy song of the month, and we couldn't figure out, should we do something romantic in the name of Valentine's Day, or should we do something related to all of our final girls and horror ingenues that we've been talking about? So I did a little thinking, and I decided to leave you today with the iconic song Red Right Hand by Nick Cave. This, as you may already know, is kind of the unofficial theme song of all of the Scream movies. And since Samara Weaving is going to be in the next Scream movie, and Janet Ortega was in the last Scream movie, and those were two of our favorite ingenues of right now, it just fit. Plus, it's a hell of a banger. So, without further ado, here's a few seconds of that, and I'm sure you can find it wherever you stream music. See you next episode. Bye!